0: I'm keeping this title. I'm keeping this title. I'm never giving it back to That's anybody.
1: right. We're keeping it hostage in America. Damn it.
2: Welcome, welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves. The showdown in the desert, crown jewel. Now in the rearview mirror, we shift our sights, our focus, our energy. Two weeks from tomorrow, Survivor Series, Boston, Massachusetts, already sold out. So much to get to as we do each and every week. Need a little backup. He is my broadcast partner from Monday at Night Raw, Kevin Patrick, KP. How you feeling today?
3: I'm great, thanks, bud. Oh, well, picking up the pieces after what was truly an electrifying crown jewel. I think we all agree it was just a sensational show from Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. And then being next to you on Mondays are always wild. Well, I think the desk count is what, three from this past Monday? It seems like every other segment. It got to the point where I started yelling
2: at people on Monday night. Stop taking down the desk. We have a crew that's prepared to reset us each and every time. But about 11 times every Monday, the table seems to go down. Our notes go everywhere. Our monitors go out. You and I are flying blind. You've been doing a great job. You talk about from the frying pan directly into the fire. You've you've been pulling your weight. I appreciate that, KP. But I also more appreciate the fact that you are putting on a smile right now. You are grinning ear to ear (laughs) on my computer screen, despite telling me moments ago you were feeling a little under the weather. You put your big boy pants on. You're powering through. I appreciate it.
3: I arrive home to two—anyone with young kids can relate to this and understand that they go into school, they pick something up from someone else, they bring it home, they share that little— illness or whatever it is they go back to school they get better and you're on that merry-go-round and it just seems to happen and my little one just started school the one-year-old so the poor thing is just suffering right now sharing is caring exactly
2: obviously utilizing the lessons learned at school share we'll figure even when it comes to illness but it's okay if you get a little raspy if you got to blow your nose if you need a neti pot mid-show you let me know we'll make something happen Again, I hate to look into the past too far, but it was just days ago. Six days, if you were listening to this, on the day it drops. Crown Jewel. Let's start at the very top. The mega match everybody was talking about, everyone was buzzing about, and still kind of is. Roman Reigns, Logan Paul. We had Paul Heyman on ATB last week, and we listened to the wise man pontificate about what he predicted. Spoiler alert, Heyman's prediction was accurate. It was correct. But I think... The takeaway from this is how the majority of the WWE universe and beyond, we're talking entertainment world, is still buzzing about Logan Paul and his performance. Because let's be honest, Logan Paul made a lot of believers out of us
3: Saturday. Several factors to this for me. One, I go back to an After the Bell podcast with you and Shane Helms was on it with yourself and Vic Joseph. And you spoke about how you've adjusted and you've changed your mindset to the outsider, as Paul Heyman calls them, coming into WWE. If there were any doubters about Logan Paul, surely they've changed their mind after watching that absolutely hellacious yet brilliant, that exhilarating match with Roman Reigns from start to finish. I I thought Logan Paul was was just, there was something magnetic about his performance that drew everybody in. I mean, there were chants of Logan Paul throughout the arena in, in Saudi Arabia. I had never heard that before because the guy is just so hateable in in so many ways. But what he managed to produce convinced me. It convinced Wade Barrett on commentary as well, Graves. And would you agree with him when he said that for him, he's the best three-match wrestler he's ever seen in his life? Ever. And there's a media
2: personality here in Pittsburgh. You may remember from WCW by the name of Mark Madden, who tweeted something to the effect. After the match, about how did Logan Paul just produce a legitimate main event on a massive worldwide premium live event in only his third match? I, we, we, as, as fans, have, have learned to sort of accept that when it comes to the outsiders, as Heyman calls them, or celebrities, eh, as long as it doesn't suck, it's okay. Right, it's- Everyone was, was rumbling about Bad Bunny when Bad Bunny did at WrestleMania because Bad Bunny put in work and he was very impressive. And, and on a one-off, I think Bad Bunny still stands on his own two feet
3: it, it, from that perspective. But man, Logan Paul changed the game. Yeah, Johnny Knoxville in a totally different way, more than delivered. And for a lot of people, that was the best match at WrestleMania with Sami Zayn. But the difference is, Kevin, I don't think anybody looked at this match, particularly
2: after it had happened, as wwe megastar roman reigns versus celebrity in fun entertaining segment because it wasn't that 99.9 percent of the time when we bring a celebrity into wwe it's never like that intense rivalry it's never for the title and if it is it's almost kind of like a a gimmicky sort of oh that was fun oh you feel good you know he's not gonna win i was sitting on my couch Watching that match, and I was thinking to myself, with as much knowledge as I have of how this place works internally, I started to believe. I thought, Logan Paul is going to be our top guy when I wake up tomorrow. Logan Paul is going to be the undisputed WWE Universal Champion. I believed because of the effort,
3: and it was, it was excellent. It was absolutely excellent. And it was every aspect of the match as well. I'll let you in here. I was at the, the gym in the hotel on Sunday night before Raw, And I'm on the treadmill and I'm watching this match back again. And Jamie Noble walks in, a producer now with WWE, former superstar. He walks in and he said, "Uh, you watching the Roman Logan match? And I said, yeah, I'm just watching it back again. he said something else, right? And he was smiling ear to ear. He was so proud of what was produced and what was put out there for the WWE universe with these two. And for me, it's the overall package. It's the inclusion of the Usos in the manner that we saw, right? The Usos who could very well break the New Day's record. We'll get to that in a moment, of 483 days. Then Jake Paul, mere days after beating Anderson the Spider-Silva, makes his way out. But then, for me, this is this was the one of the most impactful sights and moments in this match, which seems wild to say. It's as Jake Paul is dominating, out comes the enforcer. And throughout Triple H's time in WWE so far as the main man, I think, for me, Solo Sokoa may be the most impressive introduction to WWE. How he walks out and Jake Paul doesn't run up the ramp looking to get stuck into Solo. Instead, there's this shot of Jake Paul who's just, looking at him going, oh, man, what have I done? As Solo Sokoa, the enforcer, the the insurance policy for Roman Reigns makes his way down that ramp. That was a sight to behold for me. I agree with you, KP, regarding Solo. I mean, I've gushed about Solo and his
2: potential and the the stacks of money waiting to be made at his hand. Um, And Solo definitely is a game changer for the bloodline. But I'm still not done gushing over Logan Paul here. I'm still enamored by the fact that yes it takes a village and there did take a village to get logan paul to that point but ask anybody who's ever been in a wwe ring or any wrestling ring for that matter it is you on your own when you are out there right you can you can do all the preparation you possibly can, can dream up and and logan paul spent time with sean michaels with hurricane helms with his brother and their actual athletic trainers and, and boxing and all the different aspects of the game but once the bell rings. It's up to you and what you do with it. And Logan Paul shined. Logan Paul looked at many times, at many points in that match, as an equal to Roman Reigns, which I can't understate the importance of that. An equal to Roman Reigns. Corey Graves, a guy who has been in this business way too freaking long. I'm I'm jaded. I'm cynical. I'm skeptical about everything. Sitting on my couch, I bought in. I believed. That says something, and I'm not just putting myself, uh, putting myself over here. I'm talking about just from the way I look at things. You, you know me, KP. We talk a lot about business when we're not being recorded, and it's slightly different than what you hear on here, <laughs> but I, I cannot say enough about what Logan Paul has already – he's already a star in his own right, but I believe my prediction is that the next time we see Logan Paul in a WWE ring for any reason, whether it be – we're still waiting as this is recorded on his injury update – Could be six weeks, could be eight weeks, could be eight months. I'm not entirely sure. But the next time we see Logan Paul, and we will see him, he's under WWE contract. I think we have got a mega good guy baby face on our hands, which going back months to your point, I've said it on this show, I I didn't think there was any money and I didn't think it could be could be done. Really? You didn't think back then? No, I thought and I think I said it to Vic on this show. I predict Logan Paul succeeds in WWE as the biggest villain we have. Oh, you did say that. You're right. That was my prediction. You saw this coming. I agree with you. I hate saying it because it doesn't happen often.
3: I was wrong. But think about it. Why why should he not be that babyface? This is a guy who's self-made. This is, you may not agree with maybe certain aspects of how he's gotten to where he's gotten, but like this guy is self-made and he puts himself out there and he's vulnerable. You know what? And that's something I admire in any personality trait. If you're going to throw yourself out there and you're going to create something, whether it's his YouTube page, whether it's his boxing career, taking on Floyd Mayweather, jumping into WWE, there's an awful lot to admire about this guy. And the fact that he put the work in and produced that sort of a show against Roman Reigns, are you having a laugh on that stage? It's remarkable. Three matches. He goes up and he works with a guy like The Miz, who's amazing. Who's amazing. Then he goes and has a one-on-one match against The Miz at SummerSlam. Phenomenal match. But to go up against Roman Reigns at this stage and produce what he produced, give us that viral moment that now has surpassed well over 40 million. I mean, when Brock Lesnar flipped that ring and nearly crushed you, Graves and Roman Reigns and Michael Cole as well at SummerSlam, that clip, I believe, has over 33 million views. Already the, the the Logan Paul clip has over 40 million, which is staggering. That was Monday it was over 40 million.
2: I mean, that's, that's truly, I mean, to be fair, it, it was pretty awesome. Who has ever delivered a frog splash yeah. from that height in that environment and recorded the thing firsthand? It was it was pretty awesome.
3: He had the wherewithal to turn the, the, the camera on his phone to face him straight afterwards as well. I mean, that could have been the moment that did his knee in, yet he still manages to flip the camera around to get the reaction.
2: I was very, very, very impressed by Logan Paul. And I'm going to be perfectly honest with you, KP. When it was going down and I was watching it all unfold on my television for about 30 seconds, I went, man, I cannot wait for the Usos versus Jake and Logan Paul at a WWE premium live event. We may have to wait a little while,
3: but come on, man. Come on. Exactly. and Really quickly for you, Graves. It was a unique and unique situation where you're actually watching from your couch at home. You're used to calling all the big pay-per-views, all the big major premium live events. Were you able to watch it as a fan or are you a commentator sitting in your couch at home?
2: To the discussion we're having right now, I, I, I struggle watching any type of wrestling as a fan these days, just because I'm so deep in it and I've been surrounded by it. It has been my life. But to answer your question... I did, I was able to get lost, particularly in the Roman Reigns-Logan Paul match and and be a fan. And I'm watching going, this is cool. I'm not worried about what can I say? How do I enhance this moment? What can I explain about why this is happening? I was just sitting and watching. And and I I was sitting next to my wife and we're watching on TV. And and of course we were discussing and breaking things down because you you can't not when you're in this business. But there were many times throughout the show that I went, that was fun. That was cool. That was, that was really entertaining. You got lost in it. Braun Strowman and Omas, I talked about it last week, how I said this could either be the worst big man match in history, or it's going to be something worth remembering. And it's something worth remembering. It was awesome. It was an old school throwback to two big, larger-than-life human beings doing what they could. And, and it's, it's the next step in the evolution because both Braun and Omos are tremendous athletes. They're not the big plotting giants of yesteryear you're getting to see these guys at this unbelievable size. And, and I say it over and over and over to anybody who asks, you cannot fathom how huge Omas is in person until you've stood beside him. And you saw Braun Strowman look up at him, but Braun's another one. You don't appreciate how big that dude is until you've been next to him. So the whole thing, I was looking at it from a different perspective. I thought they did a great, great job. And you know what? To everybody on the internet that's all up Braun's ass about Braun being proud of himself and declaring that he, in his opinion, that was the greatest big man match of all time. Look, it doesn't have to be your opinion. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. That's how this business works. It's a a subjective business. Braun delivered and Braun was feeling himself and he's got a whole bunch of people all, all up in arms about him saying, I'm the best. You know what? That's what this game is now. This game is about self-promotion. This game leans a lot more these days toward Logan Paul than the days of old where you had Mean Gene or, or Kevin Patrick standing backstage trying to convey a feeling. This business isn't about wins and losses. It's about emotion. It's not about moves. It's about feelings. Yes, there are, there's an absolute place. I'm a fan of, of technical wrestling. I love a good high flyer. I love Ricochet and all these guys. I, I'm not disparaging them at all. But this is a, a buffet, particularly in WWE. We are a buffet. We have something for everybody. If you don't like the flippy guys, here comes the Giants. You don't like the Giants? Hey, watch this. We've got the best athletes in the world. We've got some of the best technical wrestlers. We've got the best technical wrestlers in the world. Relax, everybody. This is a guy who wanted to get people talking, and he did. And guess what? Braun's not losing any sleep because as he himself admits, It's all about his bank account at the end of the night. And I'm
3: sure the monster's sleeping pretty well these days. I'm sure he is. And by the way, Omos looked dynamite throughout that entire match. And I always thought, for example, that if Omos was to go back to Nigeria and we saw images with him and his family, surely they'd all be towering up same size as him. No, we saw images doing the rounds on the internet. It went viral of WWE superstar Omos heading back to Lagos for the first time in a long time, I believe over a decade. And there he is hugging his family and they're all tiny compared to him. So that just goes to show you just how big this guy is. Now, one thing you did say, Graves, a second ago is this business is not all about wins and losses. And sometimes you can see that in the eyes of certain people. And when they just want to rip someone apart limb by limb, and for whatever reason, that's Bobby Lashley right now. Something has triggered the almighty. And we saw, and I said it on, on air, we saw a side to Bobby Lashley that I hadn't seen in quite some time, when he went after Seth freaking Rollins, when he went after Austin Theory. But before that, when he attacked Brock Lesnar, after Lesnar somehow got the win at Crown Jewel, what has gotten into Lashley? I answered the question on
2: Monday the same exact way I'm going to do it right now. Brock Lesnar has gotten into Bobby Lashley. And I think it is the best possible thing that could have happened at this juncture in Bobby Lashley's career. Because to me, we've watched the rise of the Almighty over the past several years, going back to the, the pandemic era and the Hurt Business. And when the Hurt Business somehow became this red-hot property during the pandemic, which nothing really worked great. There aren't a lot of memorable times. I mean, you know, it was, it was a crazy situation. But the, the Hurt Business... Caught a buzz. People were into that. People dug the hurt business. And then you see the almighty strike out on his own. And he's just this big badass villain. And then the people start realizing, man, I don't want to boo this guy. He's Bobby Lashley. He's kind of like the closest thing we have to Brock Lesnar. And listen when I say this, because Brock Lesnar exists in a world unto himself within the WWE bubble. Yes, we talk about in case of glass or in case of emergency, break glass rather. And Lesnar has been that guy. Brock has earned that because Brock is an attraction, much like Omos, much like Braun Strowman. You don't necessarily want to see them do what they do each and every week, four or five nights a week. It's, it's something different. It's a breath of fresh air. Brock has earned the right to sit where he sits. In my opinion, for my money, Bobby Lashley is on the precipice of joining that same group, that, that rarefied air of, I don't really care who he's fighting. I just want to see him fight. And, and Bobby's such an impressive, he's a real-life superhero, you know? And, and Bobby will be the first to tell you, he's not super comfortable on the microphone, but he doesn't need to be. Guess what? Neither was Brock Lesnar for the majority of his career. Bobby, in my opinion, if he continues this trajectory where he beats the hell out of everyone, Seth Rollins, Mustafa Ali, anybody who steps in his way, Bobby Lashley on a mission could be, could achieve that Brock Lesnar status Within the next, I would say, a year, and to that same point, I don't want to see Brock and Bobby in the same stadium until WrestleMania.
0: You know, hear me out. Wait, wait,
2: hear me out, KP. I'm going somewhere with this. All right, I, I'm not much of a, a fantasy booker. I, I don't like to make dream matches. I do from time to time. I throw ideas out there. I speak them into existence. You listen to the show before you joined it. You know, I have a bad habit of that. There's what about six months now until WrestleMania, give or take
3: less. I like where you're going with this, by the way.
2: We don't have to see Brock Lesnar. We don't have to see Brock. I want to see Brock. I want to see Brock. I want to see Brock seven nights a week. I'm a fan. But let Brock go back to Canada. Let him exist in the wilderness and kill elk with his bare hands like he does because he's a maniac. Let Bobby keep doing what Bobby's doing. If Bobby continues on this path, Bobby just destroys everyone in his path. This is Godzilla versus Kong again. But you can see it coming from a mile away. Save it. Put those two dudes in the last match of the night on either night of WrestleMania. SoFi Stadium will be rocking. That could be a, that could be a match that could headline WrestleMania without a championship being on the line.
3: Well said. Well and said. And I don't think
2: anyone would disagree with me. And it would be the third time, but the first two just whet your appetite. Oh, this is going to be cool. And then there was the Romans and Paul Heyman involvement at Rumble last year. And then we have Crown Jewel, and it's not a satisfying victory. Brock wins, but Bobby Lashley Beat the hell out of the beast. Bobby Lashley dominated Brock Lesnar after the match in Crown Jewel. Nobody has ever done that to Brock Lesnar. Not even Roman Reigns has dominated Lesnar like Bobby Lashley did. Let Bobby follow this trajectory that he's on. Keep them apart as far away as possible until the showcase of the immortals because you are going to have two of the baddest human beings on God's green earth collide at the pinnacle of
3: sports entertainment. Greats push greats, right? Go into any sports you want, whether it's Nadal and Federer, Messi and Ronaldo, Magic and Bird, Cena and The Rock, wherever you want to go with this, you see real hatred, right? There's real animosity between Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. That's very much a real thing. And these guys are pushing each other beyond belief right now. And I agree with you. Send Brock back out there with his elk and let Bobby keep doing his thing and let them collide. At the grandest stage.
2: Of and the and let, me, let me throw this caveat on there. The onus is on Bobby Lashley now. Brock's a made man. Brock couldn't, we could not see Brock until WrestleMania. Obviously, again, I'm not wishing that into existence. I'm just saying, hypothetically speaking.
3: So what does Lashley have to do?
2: Keep doing what he's doing. Keep beating the hell out of everyone in his way in a very believable, simplistic manner, which is what the Almighty does. And we could be on a collision course. They're going to meet again. It's, it's inevitable. Because otherwise, it's going to be that, well, who really? will now they, they split. You, gotta, you have to have the third match in the trilogy. Let it culminate at the showcase of the Immortals. Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar, three. That's it. Be all, end all. You love Bobby Lashley. I, I love do. Bobby Lashley. You know who hates Bobby Lashley? Austin Theory. Oh, I was hoping we would get through this without having to talk about this. No, we've got to
3: talk about it. We've got to talk about, about it.
2: it. This is my show. You're right.
3: Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, I guess. He rocks out with his contract in hand, the briefcase, and he wants to cash in, which was a curious decision. My mind was blown, right? We had no idea how this was going to go down. He rocks out with the briefcase for the United States championship. He was the youngest in history, wants that back. And sure enough, he fails because of Bobby Lashley. It looked like Seth freaking Rollins, who was decimated by Lashley mere moments before that. And it was such a weird moment in the show, how it all played out. I think it's 84% successfully cash in the money in the bank contract. Wasn't happened for Theory on this occasion at all. He'll be furious with how it all played out, I'd imagine.
2: I'm furious with how it all played out. I was furious as it was unfolding before our very eyes, mere feet in front of us, KP, as Theory strutted his way down. Look, as a real human being and as a on-air character, Seth freaking Rollins and Austin Theory are two of my favorites. I think the world of Austin Theory, and I truly believe what Mr. McMahon was saying you know, six months ago, that this guy could be the guy. And I understand things change, and, and you know, the, the path, the, everything has changed. Everything in our universe has changed in the last few months. And the internet, I think, as they tend to do, have gotten a little bit ahead of themselves. Let it play out. Austin Theory didn't get fired. Austin Theory didn't get beaten and thrown into a dumpster and pushed off a stage. Austin Theory didn't have a a limousine explode. I don't know where it goes. I don't know what the next step is. I will say this, that if Theory doesn't do something massive between now and Survivor Series, maybe it's time to worry. And not in a long-term thing. Austin Theory is, what, 24 years old? The dude's going to be fine. Okay, I mean, he's all we talk about him being the youngest because it's so impressive because most superstars don't even reach that realm for another five, six, ten years. Theory is a prodigy. So maybe he's cooling down a little bit right now. Maybe he's got to make some tweaks to his game. Maybe he wants to change a few things up or maybe what happened Monday will set the dominoes falling for what comes next. Relax. Take a deep breath, everybody. This is like when, you know, a quarterback in the NFL throws an interception. And everyone goes, Oh, that's it. Trade him. Bench him. Relax. You're going to lose games. You're going to lose matches. Things aren't always going to work out in your favor, even when everybody assumes they will. Take the ride. Enjoy the ride.
3: Let's see where it goes. I don't know. KP, do you have any, any clue where this goes? Hunger is good sauce. It's so true. Be patient. Let's see where this plays out. He's too good for this to to not play out in the right fashion for him, I think. I think he's he's incredible. I think he's a brilliant, brilliant superstar with a a massive future. It was a strange one one Monday, but this is WWE. Like you say, let it play out. Enjoy the ride. Theory's not going anywhere. Anything can happen. 52 weeks
2: a year. There are going to be some weeks where you don't feel great about what happened. Watch next week and everything's right. Just like any other TV show in the world. Just like when you get left on a cliffhanger. Oh, man, I don't like that guy. Oh, that guy just took power. Oh, this person just took the throne. I'm not, I give up. I quit. I'm not going to watch Game of Thrones anymore because I don't like who's sitting in the Iron Throne. No, you go, I'm curious to see what happens next. And that's on us. Let, let, let's let it, let it play out. What else I'm excited about, KP? It's going down tonight, Friday night SmackDown. Undisputed tag team titles on the line. The Usos, The New Day. The New Day currently hold the record for the longest reign in WWE history. Many people consider them the greatest tag team, the greatest, definitely the greatest trio, but perhaps the greatest tag team. Usos making their own case. Look, I I don't need to explain to you. I don't need to sit here and tell you why the Usos are great, why the New Day are great. There is going to be magic Friday night on SmackDown. I have no doubt about it. Somehow, historically, these two teams, when they've met... Always figure out a way to top it. And just when it seems like it's impossible to be topped, they can't push it any further. They can't do anything more spectacular. These guys do. I will be glued to my television screen. I have no idea which way it plays out. I kind of want to see the Usos break the record. That's why records are made to be broken. But either way, it's going to be excellent. I cannot wait to see the Usos achieve the dream and become the longest reigning tag team champions in history. And then... Only then can I say without a second thought, without a second breath, the Usos are the greatest tag team in history.
3: Who's your favorite tag team from growing up loving this industry?
2: I'm I'm a guy who was a a fan of tag team wrestling. I mean, my first memories as a a young fan were that of uh, Demolition, who terrified me until my father exposed me to the Road Warriors, who then became the scariest human beings I'd ever encountered in my life football pads with spikes on them, painted faces, and somehow looked like they could eat Demolition alive.
3: Uh, That was a a fun time. Demolition, of course, had the record for 28 years before the New Day smashed it in 2017. For me, diving into this industry and looking back, what Edge and Christian managed to do together. There you go. You know, as kids growing up in Canada, in Orangeville, was that the name of the town they're from? I believe it's Orangeville. It's a small town. Uh, outside of Toronto, to be best buddies and to set their goal on something and say, we're going to be in the WWE together, as you're talking seven, eight-year-old kids, and then to go and make it happen, but also in many ways to change the game in terms of ladder matches uh, alongside with the Hardy Boys and what they all managed to do and creating magic. I got to
2: shout out the Dudley Boys because Bubba Ray will send me a mean tweet if I don't yeah, acknowledge them,
3: exactly. their, their contribution. Yeah, but diving into it all, I mean, we're, we're, we're witnessing legends in action here on Friday night SmackDown, when the Usos and the New Day go at it. These are absolute legends living alive today in front of our very eyes.
2: No doubt about it. I can't wait to see how it unfolds. And I'd be willing to bet neither can our guests, who are an extremely successful tag team in their own right. They're extremely close friends. They've recently made their return to WWE to the shock of many. It's time to crack one open with the good brothers. Please welcome to ATB, for the first time ever, Gallows and Anderson. Luke, Carl, welcome to ATB. Finally, I have you on my turf. We can still talk a little shop. We got a lot of catching up to do. It's been a while. I like you doing the intro. That way, I
1: don't
0: have to do it. That's beautiful. We got a lot of catching up to do. A lot of history amongst the boys here.
1: We
2: do. So much.
0: Yeah, you know, we had had ourselves a little podcast here and there, and every time we have one, about three weeks in, we We just despise having it because it's just so, it's so much work. And that's why it is much respect to you for yours continuing
2: to do it. Well, I mean, I've got the WWE flag on mine. That's, that's the only people to to thank for that one. I got a team of people. I don't have to worry about tracking down mill shout out to mill. Mill helped me on my podcast journey. You know, I, I feel you it's, it's a lot of work, but luckily we've got a, a great team behind the scenes doing all the heavy lifting. So we can just uh, brother it up. That's why yours is
1: the best. Good, you need yeah. the team behind you. When we were trying to do it ourselves, we started to lack in certain areas and then every area.
3: So it went how quickly. <laughs> well, Gallows, I'm sure it doesn't help the fact that you're out in the sticks and you don't even have fiber for your Wi-Fi.
1: Oh, I mean. In, in the, <laughs> Shots fired. It's true. In the, it's in coming the, strong. In the, in the two and a half years we were gone, we were working on a hundred projects and doing voiceovers for different stuff and podcasting and the fiber trucks were here about six months ago. There's still no availability to buy the the stuff to uh, keep it PG. Uh, so, you know, I'm just flying by the seat of my pants and hoping for the best. But some days when I didn't feel like podcasting, I would be like, oh, I don't know. I'll see you guys later.
0: <laughs> so it can
1: work to your advantage yeah. if you need <laughs> Technical difficulties.
0: <laughs> well, that's, let's, let, let, let's be honest. Like He, he, was, try, he was trying to for, foray his way into like this new uh, thing. I think he wanted to do some kind of uh, – let's just say, for example, some switch thing. And he goes, I'm getting it. I'm starting it, and I'm going to do it all by myself. If you don't want it to do with me, I said, fine, <laughs> do it, buddy, whatever. But about a month later, he, I go, What happened to this whole Twitch thing you were about to do? He goes, Oh, they came out and said Wi Fi was like thirty grand, so I said, Forget it. I said, No
1: way. Yeah, <laughs> Wasn't worth and they it. go, they go, y- and, and your neighbors can plug into it. And I was like, The hell with them. If I'm
2: paying thirty yeah. grand, it's yeah. my Wi
1: Fi, my throne. That's it. <laughs>
2: Thirty. need to pass
1: the hat around the neighborhood, man. Yeah, come on. Take some
2: donations, brother.
5: (laughs) That's right. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise. all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com.
2: Guys, talk to me a little bit. I mean, uh, we—the we, last time the WWE Universe saw you was the now infamous, legendary Boneyard match, where you guys were both disposed of at the we hands were. of the dead we man. We were. Obviously, uh, look, look, we got a little freedom here. It's a different era. We can we can talk honestly, openly. You guys were released from your WWE contracts. Yep. And uh, I have to give credit to you for hitting the ground running. Because you two guys, I think, set a great example for a lot of people. I mean, look, it's nothing new in this sure. business. You come here, you make it to the top of the mountain, and nobody gets to stay here that exactly. long. Exactly. It, you know, it is. It's few and far between. You guys hit the ground running. You had a lot of your own projects. You mentioned the podcast. You guys even did your own sort of, uh, would you want to consider it a pay-per-view online? But yeah. you guys use your creativity and your love of this business, and you created something in your own vision. Talk to me a little bit about that and how refreshing that was for you guys to to leave WWE and have that freedom, but also talk to me about the journey that led you back.
1: When I was when I was really young, starting out in this business, probably around the time that Sterling James Keenan met Dorian Deville a long time ago in Orlando. Human far away. That's right. That's right. Uh, I remember I would always ask the veterans, like, what, what does it take to really make it in and you know, pro wrestling, sports, entertainment? And the best answer I ever got was a very simple one. And it was just don't take no for an answer. So sometimes in this business, a no creates a yes, and you have to take an opportunity or a missed opportunity and create another one. And, uh, you know, Machine Gun and I have different career paths until we met in the end of 2013. Uh, he was in New Japan Pro Wrestling and had been there for eight years, and it was very consecutive. I had bounced all around the business, different companies, TNA, Japan, WWE, uh, even before coming back the last time. And I just knew that we couldn't fail. Uh, we believed in ourselves, and and we had to not fail. And I remember calling him the day, you know, they call him Black Friday sometimes in the business when the, when the boys get released or whatever, and he wouldn't pick the phone up. And when he finally picked the phone up, he said, what could you possibly want to talk about? And I said, well, we're booked in Spain, Portugal, and somewhere else. This was before we knew the world would shut down. He goes, how in the hell can you think about that right now? I said, so that's what we're doing. And also, we're doing a spoof pay-per-view in my backyard, and he hung up the phone. But that's how we got to where we were. And then he got on board and we were like, let's go out there. Let's kick ass. Let's make as much money as possible. And let's let's reinvigorate ourselves and prop the name and the brand up. I think a lot of people make the mistake of sitting home and feeling sorry for themselves and you have to deal with it in your own way. But we just didn't believe in that. So we didn't do it. And we had a hell of a lot of fun. We won titles around the world and uh, kept the train rolling and delivered the opportunity to bring us back to the spotlight. So I think
2: it worked out great. Carl, from your perspective, you're a guy, you, you've got LG on your side trying to make some inroads, trying to make things happen. But talk to me about like the human side of things. You, you've got a family to worry about. You've got, you've got bills to pay. I mean, both of you guys have, have, you know, life expenses. And that's something I think gets lost on a lot of people. People, especially, you know, on the internet or, or certain groups of wrestling fans are so quick to judge, oh, I don't like this story. I don't like this character. This guy's moveset sucks. You lose track of the fact that at the end of the day, everybody's a human being. Talk to me about that uncertainty, Carl, because, I mean, as as a father, as somebody who's got bills and and mouths to feed, that's always a fear in the back of everyone's mind.
0: A hundred percent. You know, I I think what the good thing was is I, you know, I'd been in New Japan for eight years, right? So I'd I'd supported my family that way before we even came to the WWE. And so I I knew that it somehow, some way we'd be okay. But I do remember when the talent relations person called that day. I see a ring in my phone and I go, (laughs) hello? I said, you, you must be in a having a bad day and you want to hear a good voice, huh? Right. And he goes, well, it's not so good for you either. I go, huh? What?" (laughs) (laughs) And then, and then, you know, the guy calls Gallows too. And Gallows answers, he doesn't even know what's going on. He's out, he's outside mowing his lawn or something. And the the guy goes, he goes, Hey, what's up, man. And the guy goes, I just got a phone with your partner and Gallows goes, why? Oh, what's he up to? (laughs) Just, it just, yeah, I, I don't even think we've even told that story because it just it just came as a surprise to us. So I think that that's what kind of th- th- threw me for a, a a loop for about about an hour. And then and after that first hour, which I think you know, I think a lot of those things set people back for days. But after that first hour, me and Gallus had CBD oil, we had a beer, we had a wine, a wine label. <laughs> we had a we had an Impact Wrestling offer. We had New Japan on the phone, and we all, all this stuff was 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 rocking. And it was like you know, by the end of the day, I was almost ready to, I was, I had almost forgotten what happened or I'd almost used, used some of that to fuel what we were ready to rock with. And it ended up over the couple of years, fueling me a little bit too much at times. Because I think I, I held some, I held some just to keep it real. I held some, some, uh, it's male will. some anger, but, but, you know, I think that Helped me in a lot of ways to do what we did for two and a half years. And in other ways, I like, kind of took me to some weird areas. But I mean, at, at the end of the day, two and a half years later, everything we did, we got a chance to go back to New Japan Pro Wrestling. We went to, I mean, we went to AEW for nine months. We we had, we signed a two-year deal with Impact Wrestling. I mean, and, and it all just ended at the right time and then Triple H text, And it's all this weird, you know, and I think at the end of it, I think when it comes down to it in in the years later, it could be one of the most uh, surprising returns of all time because I don't think anybody ever thought we would come back to WWE, and I don't. I didn't think we. I didn't think we would either. You got to remember though, like
1: it, it's eleven days removed from this boneyard match that we got all this praise for that we were a part of. So we didn't see it coming. But in my mind, you know, where I think that that it offended him, it offended me a little bit too. But I was like, we're eleven days out of main event in WrestleMania. We ain't gonna be hurting for. Pardon my French. Like we're going to go all over the world. Right. We're going to make a ton of money, and I'm going to brand us as much as humanly possible. And I don't think we worried about that. And then by the by the end of the year one outside, I go, dude, did you your tax return? Like, look at us. Like we're almost right where we were at, and that was always the goal.
2: And that's impressive,
1: man. The train kept on rolling. After being fired, I, I paid this big ass house that I bought off.
3: And That's not to that's not to brag, but it's just like we knew we couldn't stop. It is inspirational, though, Carl, isn't it? How you two rebounded. And when you look at life's journey as a whole, and you're going to, you know, Carl, sit with your kids one day, having a beer and talking about your journey as a professional wrestler, as, as a person, how much will you be telling your kids about the relationship with Gallows and how you two are so different, yet you've got that telepathic chemistry in ring, but also how you help each other outside of the ring?
0: Yeah, no, the, the, the telepathic way is a good way of putting it. We've met so many guys we met so many guys through the years that would always say before me and LG even met each other, they were like, Hey, have you, cause I'd be, maybe I'd be in Tokyo in a room telling a story. And like, and I remember MVP or uh, a couple of different people would be like, Hey, have, do you know Luke Gallows? And I go, no. And they go, Oh, you guys would get it. You guys, you guys would get along. Well, and I go, whatever.
2: Like, yeah. <laughs> Forget him. Little you know. did
0: you know <laughs> we had, we had both, yeah, we'd both heard it. And
1: then uh, it was funny. I was in TNA at the time he was in Japan and he, direct messaged me about something that he thought was funny on the show. And I thought it was funny on the show. And that was like the beginning of the relationship. And then my time was ending at TNA and I go, I gave him a, Hey brother message. We've all done it. Hey brother, is there anything going on in new Japan? And, uh, that, that's how it all kind of came together. You know, he put the word in and they saw me. And then we had like that stepbrothers moment where like, we had a really cool match in Cork at all. So we knew there was some chemistry there. And he goes, do you, uh, you like Mexican food? And I go, yeah. And he goes, you like beer, and I go, yeah. And he goes, do you want to go with my sponsor to have Mexican food and beer? And I was like, yeah. And about an hour in, we were like, did we just become best friends?
0: <laughs> you know, and it's I'm glad we got yeah. I'm glad we got you know. I'm glad we got canned together. We we, we laughed a lot of times, thinking like, what if get what if LG would have got what if one had to stay? We've been
1: miserable.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, but I say yeah. I, to, to, to go back to I, I didn't really answer your question. When we did get released, that first uh like I said, that first hour I kinda sat up on my I sat uh, up on my porch outside and I was thinking about I did I thought about my kids a lot there and I thought about like my wife and my family. I'm thinking, man, are they gonna be embarrassed and like I know I'm all I started getting text messages from a neighbor, say <laughs> hey, sorry about sorry about what just happened and I'm going, Oh sakes
2: <laughs> how, how fast does that news spreads man I, I, it's scary it's scary so
0: then i was thinking about going outside and shooting and, and shooting some hoops outside i'm like no because they're all making fun of me you know it's, now it's, now it's i've been i've been publicly fired so like, so there, there was a moment where i was like you know this is this you know but i i think down the down the road years later now my kids will see obviously be able to google it all and see what happened and and realize that their dad and and his partner did take that setback and turn it around, you know?
2: And I know you guys stayed busy as a unit uh, together, but Carl, correct me if I'm mistaken, you currently still hold a title for New Japan.
0: I, I am the the New Japan Pro Wrestling never open weight champion, and Big LG is my heater at all times.
2: And
1: that will continue until we
2: see otherwise. How does that work? How, how are, are you, do you have to go back or are you...
0: I, I'm gonna go back on my time when it when it, okay. So New Japan Pro Wrestling usually strips strips their champions when they can't make a show, and they they threw a leniency leniency in there because they announced a match for me when we hadn't told, totally agreed on what we we're gonna do. We didn't know the dates, so the dates the dates are coming up, and some and this is well, this is probably gonna this will be good to uh, explain this. I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna defend my championship, but
2: on your terms. Just relax. Give it. A, Give it a second, brother Graves.
0: Not you. The people that are really getting ugly. I've got some people. I've got some, some slanderous tweets. i messaged Rocky Romero, who's a, 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 a good, great friend of ours. Who's a, one of the office brothers at New Japan Pro Wrestling. And I go, he loves when you say that. I said I can't wait to announce this date because these people are just really, really hating me right now. <laughs> really, really, they're upset. coming for your throat as <laughs> new Japan loyalists. I know <laughs> <laughs> I'm keeping this title, I'm keeping this title, I'm never giving it back to
1: that's right. We're keeping it hostage in America. Damn it, <laughs> there we go.
2: <laughs> I love it. I, I, I want to get your thoughts as, as guys who have spent a, a significant amount of time in your careers in Japan. Uh, the announcement that was made last week that Nakamura is going to go to work for Noah with the great Muda on the Great Muda's retirement tour. Like, how weird is that? And how weird is the timing of you guys coming back under the WWE umbrella as the same time that the world is sort of opening? You know, that you hear the term forbidden door. But when WWE, that's this is pretty unheard of. Do you guys have optimism? you think this is something that could be big going forward for the business? This
1: is so big, I don't think people understand the magnitude of how big this absolutely is. And I think that six months ago, this would have not been a scenario at all. I think it's huge. And Carl can speak even further on to it. But I mean, the fact that that's being allowed to take place is monumental and in, in, in wrestling history, if you will, I think. As longtime fans, we could probably most of us agree it's it's huge.
0: No, it, it's it's like I, I saw Shinsuke at uh NXT about oh a couple weeks ago. And and even he, he pulls me aside and he goes, Chado, uh Big problem. You, New Japan, big heat because of uh, Never Title? Because even even Shinsuke doesn't know. Doesn't understand what's going on. And and just for
2: anybody listening, for for the sake of anybody who may not be familiar, the the Japanese as a culture do business very differently and that includes the sports entertainment industry and there there are certain lines that you don't cross and it's it's very different than it is here in the United States and and the the brand that you work for it, there's there's a loyalty goes very far and it, there's a lot of separation over there as opposed to kind of a big business so
0: yeah which which can also Teeter into personal life where the boys can get mad at you, thinking you're actually doing something, and don't real because they've the boys. Yeah, <laughs> they do. Yes, they do. they the boys. <laughs> no, but then I, but I told Shin, I said, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go back at some point. And we are. We're just trying to figure out work out the dates because you know WWE is man. You're live. What well, you're live every Monday. You're live. You know, you got you got to go to Saudi Arabia. You got to do these. You know, Survivor Series is coming up, so you're trying to think of you know what days you can go, and it's you know with Japan, you, you got you got to, you're you're knocking out four days at least because you got to travel the day before two days before to get there the day before to work the day of. Cause if you leave the day before, you're not going to make the show the next day. It's just it's, it's 13 hours ahead. And then, and then maybe you have to get on a six hour train when you get there.
1: So people don't understand, like just to get to the show, is a day and a half sometimes before they anything don't those, happens.
2: Uh, those, <laughs> the bullets, right. ferry boats to Hokkaido. <laughs> right, that, that exactly. Takes, that's,
0: that's easy. Take me north, <laughs> brother.
2: <laughs> you need four or five days for this whole trip to
0: happen, and then sometimes you know with the WWE schedule, it's not possible. But then Shinsuke told me so before it was announced. Shinsuke goes, "I'm going to wrestle you know Great Muda for his retirement." I said, "I said, wow." Then blew me away too, and I'm like, "Oh, this is pretty cool." And I mean, this to to, to be able because you know WWE hasn't really done. Stuff like this, and yeah, this is this is pretty pretty. pretty it's been a cool. long time,
2: and that's another thing that I think I think a lot of people seem to realize, and it's understandable. It's it's seemingly ancient history. We're all aging ourselves here, but you look back at I believe it was WrestleMania five, and you had Tenru and Koji Kato against Demolition, and it, whether it be Mexico or Japan, there have been forays out there where, where even Vince would say, Hey, let's, let's do a little business. Let's try to help everybody grow because uh, you know, the old adage, a rising tide rises all ships. Uh, but for one reason or another business, usually it just never really worked out, particularly for any sort of tenure, no sort of, of, you know, time. So all of this is when I read the news, I saw Shinsuke's tweet first that just said miracle and, or it's, and I went, what, the, what is he talking about? And I said, Oh my God, mood. I, I, it, it's crazy to me. As a guy, I haven't spent nearly the time in Japan you guys have, but just as a, a fan, I'm getting a note that was WrestleMania seven. Thank you,
4: Alex, for correcting
2: <laughs> me. But it's it seems almost hard to fathom. And and now you guys are back on this side of the of the world under this umbrella. Is it exciting for you guys for the possibility of what could be?
1: A hundred percent. I mean, these are yeah, I think that that it's it's cool too because you're 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 kind of cross-pollinating audiences where WWE is so big and so broad and we talk about demographics and the children and stuff like that. And then these hardcore, serious wrestling fans like that are a big part of the internet community and all of that. There's like a cross pollination with, with the casual fan to these serious hardcore fans too. So I think it's going to be really cool from a fan perspective as well, because these are like uh, if any of them are possible, they're true dream matches that you can't see in these you know, the big number one company, which makes it, it it's, it's phenomenal to use uncle Allen as an example.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think through the years, WWE always took, uh, in this smart, smarter fan uh, community, they would take flack for not working with other people or not doing this or that, but, but be, being in the WWE system, the, the amount of time that we had been and seeing the, how busy the WWE is. I mean, it's, it's hard to find time to, to do this other stuff. Yeah.
1: Man. It's a machine.
0: Yeah, and if you want to be 100% honest too, right? Like, I think we even talked about this with New Japan. Like, anything WWE does with other companies is going to help the other company. Yeah, it's a rub. But that's just an obvious
2: thing. I look at it like this, and and I'm glad that at least internally it feels as though everyone's eyes are sort of opening up to this. We are Major League Baseball, and there are many other companies around the world who are all legitimate, viable, real organizations who should be treated as such because that's where the talent comes from. Ultimately, at the end of the day, this, this comes down to talent, but there's only one major league baseball. You could have, you could have 50 home runs in AAA, but until you come to the major leagues and, and, and it, so I understand why I think the company at times was sort of tentative to allow that to happen because it was a one-sided benefit. Yep. But now in the age of social media and streaming and the ability to, to now access, I can sit on my couch right now and watch, New Japan or all Japan or Noah or triple a in Mexico or wherever I want just on my couch. So with now that the monstrosity that has become WWE network, obviously I'm thinking way far down the line. That's got it. There's business here. I mean, you guys, you guys have been here. There's a lot of business and a lot of money on the table. There's a ton of money on the table. There's
1: a ton of business on the table, but it goes back. You think even to six years ago, how far back that was in the age of the streaming and the social media, even now, But we can remember being trepidatious before we ran out of the Staples Center for the surprise debut in 2016. Will they know? Bullet Club has had this run and the shirts, we've sold all these shirts and we've done all this stuff. But will these fans know? So we were like, thank God when we jumped the rail and got the reaction that we got in Los Angeles, which is a smarter city and a bigger market. But they knew. And you think about that compared to now we're six years forward with everything that's happened in the wrestling business. And I think people are way more aware now. So I think that there's such a huge business opportunity, you know, if WWE decides to explore it. So
3: it's really exciting, you know, for us as performers and for the fans as well. It's exciting, yeah. Carl, you you are probably the microcosm and an actual inspiration as well. When you think about that moment when you were sitting on your front porch talking about the neighbors and the breaking news of being released from WWE, Making you fast fun of forward me. now... The journey that you've had, but 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 also, the, I say microcosm because there's people out there that will probably get released in time, and, and those who have been released recently that look at your story now and say, not only is he back in WWE again, you know, and and he's and he's front and center of of something really cool in WWE, but he's also. a championship holder from New Japan as of right now. So it's just, I think it's a lovely story, an inspirational story for anyone listening or watching on. Uh, What was a doomsday and how you've managed to turn this around, but also the landscape shift within the entire industry? Yeah,
0: no, all jokes aside, of of course. Yeah, I think, like I said, I'll, I'll go back to it again. It was like, it was a an hour of me sitting on my front porch uh, or on my upstairs balcony, whatever it was. It's a private area for me to sit there and kind of be a brother. And I was sitting there thinking for the hour going, you know, I know we're going to be okay, but Australia, you know, Gallows is calling me because we we're booked in Chile, right? We're booked in Portugal. <laughs> I'm, thinking, I'm not going to Ch- Chile or Portugal. And you got to remember yes, as well you are. The, wor- the, the world, the world had just shut down as well, you know, less than, less than a month, a month earlier. And I'm thinking, what, what are we, what are we going to do? You know? But then, when I think when you can kick out of that and and, and remember what you know, well, you you, you got to keep it going because if, if I could have just laid down, and not answered Gallo's calls again, and, and never worked again, and maybe I'm working at the post office down the street, which is no problem, but maybe I maybe I get out of this thing. But I'm thinking, but it, within an hour, I, mean, I said I literally kicked myself out. I was on the phone with Gallo's and I started getting excited about the next journey i started getting real excited because we started making other calls it got me really pumped up we were on the phone with new japan the next day like this other company was was talking to us with, within 2 hours and i started getting excited about what's what is on the outside and i think it's about it's it's just about knowing you got to you got to push forward make it happen you know you got family you got kids and you and you know we're we're brothers we want we want to keep doing what we do we want to we want to be professional wrestlers for make like, until I'm 95 yeah, until I'm 96. <laughs>
2: yeah. You like Dennis Stamp on that yeah, trampoline, exactly guys. Right, I can't brother. wait to see it. <laughs> so, so you guys managed to survive. You guys managed to thrive in your time away from WWE. You get the text. How? Walk me through this process. Uh, who did you hear from first? Was there? Was it? Was there a call from Uncle Al? Was it? Did AJ reach out, or were you guys blindsided? How did this all come to be? It's weirdly ironic. I didn't know. Yeah. I was I was in the, the arena all day, <laughs> and I had no clue that you guys were back.
1: It, uh, it, it was weird how it worked out because we, we had gone back and forth with Uncle Al before the regime changed, but we weren't talking about anything. We honestly, we had just, we'd done the two years in Impact and we, you know, thankful to them. It was a great two years there, but we were like, we wanted to recharge our batteries. We wanted to hit Japan pretty hard. So we were like, let's just take this time. Let's go to Japan for the next, through the new year. And then let's make a decision on kind of what we want to do. So we're in Dallas uh, and we're, we're doing our last match with the Motor City machine guns there. And uh, we just get a text, hey, guys, can we talk? And we went, well, here we go. Maybe we should uh, text back and say let's talk. And then we still didn't know. Text from who? We still did from Triple H, but we still didn't know, you know, if this was something that we could do or wanted to do or what was going to come out of it after what had happened the last time. Then we got on the phone and we could feel the new vibe and how positive everything was. And uh, one thing led to another from there.
0: Yeah, you know, we always had a a really good Relationship with with Triple H, he was always, and he was the he was our guy that that you know our, our contract was coming up in the end of 2019, and it was Hunter who we talked with and ended up signing our a, a new deal with in 2019, and so we we were, I uh, you know we had we had a good relationship, and I think that's why when we got released, I held some angst to even if we would ever ever go back again or ever, or ever speak to him again, cause I didn't know that we'd ever talk to him because we didn't talk to Triple H for two and a half years, and then besides. Besides one, uh, there was one text, <laughs> one text, like July of 2021, Gallo sent a selfie of me and him drinking beer to Triple H. Wrote, hope you're doing well, baby boy. <laughs> <laughs> about, about three, about three days later, I said, just brotherly things. Ever, <laughs> I said, did, did Hunter ever text you back? And he goes, no. And then he did about, about a day later. He goes, Hey, Hunter wrote back and said, I hope you're doing well. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's all about keeping that line of communication. Hey man. What
1: are you doing <laughs> <laughs> that's funny
0: but besides that we didn't we didn't speak at all and then it, and we were just getting home from an impact wrestling weekend it was our last or it was ironically our final impact wrestling weekend um, we get home and, and we do a facetime with hunter and within i mean you know we talked we asked how the families were we uh got asked if we wanted to come back um kind of talked out through our little our 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 issues Yes, said, "Hey, that 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 was then. This that was then. This is now. Let's let's push forward and go." And that was like, "That's it. Let's go. Let's do it." And then so it was I'm getting chills now thinking about it because I didn't think we'd ever have that talk again. And so, not just the business talk to get the personal talk out. And so it was nice to to just kind of get all that on the on the table. It's over. Let's go. Now we're going forward because uh, I love. And it. that was it. It was it was done like that. And then we still had to go back to Japan. You know, we had to go back to Japan. I we had to do a ten day tour. I had a singles match with Tanahashi. Then we had to go to England for New Japan, and then that was October first and second, and nobody knew that we were gonna that we'd already planned to do October tenth, October tenth in New York City. That was the debut, and we were doing all the New Japan stuff. Yeah.
2: Well, it all went down. We were ringside. I had chills. I freaked out. I was very excited on a personal level, getting to have have two of my buddies back, you know, around. But you, you guys are now standing opposite, alongside AJ Styles, opposite the Judgment Day, with another guy. You both know extremely well Finn Balor. How important and exciting is it for you guys to have this complete package, the OC now with with Finn and his his new crew? How what are
1: we what, what are we looking forward to? Man, there's there's so much story there that I mean it could go
2: on and on in, and in on. In truth, yeah. t- talk to me yeah. about that. Let's 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 break down the let's break down the walls here. Many people, himself included, credit Finn Balor for creating what would become the Bullet Club. Carl, you were as OG as it can be. As were you, big man. There have been many iterations. I'm pretty sure it still exists in some iteration today, which is where the OC, the original club, came from. To anybody who wasn't paying attention, so there's a lot of reality and a lot of layers to this situation. Now, please talk to me a little bit about how how we got here.
0: You know, I, I met I met Finn Balor in uh, 2005, like October at some NWA convention where. Um, I walked by this guy and I saw like 12 abs on someone and we, and I just went, this can't, this can't be real. And then, and then I had a I had a, a really good match that day, and I remember him telling somebody. I thought
2: you had abs as well. <laughs> I, <mean. laughs>
0: I looked. I was. I was, tw- was twenty five. I looked pretty good, but I didn't have abs. But, <laughs> but, but I guess Finn had watched my match and told somebody that I had a, a, a really cool match, I had a badass match. But then whatever happened, the person in Los that was from Los Angeles dojo in in Santa Monica, California, who was connected to New Japan somehow asked Finn Balor and somehow asked me at the same time to come to move to Los Angeles. And I, I dropped everything from Cincinnati and I moved to to LA and I walk into, you know, into this dojo. And the first person I see is, is Finn Balor. And we, and we just connected, right? So we lived together for for two or three months in Los Angeles in this dojo. That was uh, the feeder system for new Japan Pro wrestling. Then they end up taking Finn Balor over to new Japan. And he was a young boy there for however long he was for a year or so. And then he ended up calling me and telling me to send a tape over because they were looking for people. And I had became really good friends with Shinsuke in Los Angeles as well, because he'd been sent there for an excursion that they like to do with the new Japan guys. And Shinsuke put me over there. And then, so I got, so they brought me over to Japan in 2008. And so me and Finn have been, and we were just brothers and best friends for a long time. So 2008, 2009, 2010, 11, 12, we're on the road in Japan. You know, we're there for three months at a time. This was before any of us had families or wives or kids or anything. So we're there for three months at a time, four months at a time for four years. And then the Bullet Club kicks in in 2013. I don't know why Ferg gets all the credit for starting this thing. I mean, <laughs> what, the, what the hell is this? He started the club thing. Sure, he was the, sure he was the big guy getting the push. That don't mean he created. <laughs> but if if, if, if you guys if you know me well enough, like sometimes I care about a lot of things and sometimes I don't care. And they were like, "Well, what what do you guys want to name the group?" You know. And Ferg was like, "Well, I think whatever whatever came up." He goes Bullet Club, and I think my exact words was, "I don't give a." you know
1: that's
0: <laughs> <laughs> great like that's let's, let's let's roll with that and so that's why he gets credit for naming it but ferg was the one getting he was getting a sweet push then he was you know in in japan you got they're called you know you got the junior weights and you got the heavyweights and they always kept those guys separated and finn was getting this push of of flying through the junior weights and they were about to push him up to the heavyweights and so it was really cool watching his rise too and then Once Bullet Club got hot, he left. And then he went to, you know, WWE signed him because that's when um, NXT started to kick in. And whatever happened, Finn ended up leaving that exact show. Finn's last show was the first time that we met AJ Styles or the first time AJ Styles comes in and jumps into the Bullet Club. And then Bullet Club went to different heights there because AJ had a different kind of name with his different kind of fan base. And it goes from there. And And then, you know, AJ Styles and me and Gallows became best friends. And then we end up going to WWE together. I mean, it's... It's pretty crazy to think about.
2: And it's really wild. Yeah. I mean, it's Finn, <laughs> yeah. Finn was Finn and yourself for the Genesis. AJ took it to the next level. Gallows, you've been a part of it. Yeah, the whole time. Yeah. See, it's crazy to see what this iteration and think if you really break it down in its most simplistic form, what Carl and Finn, yeah, started the the spark, what it has grown into, and splintered, and and there are different factions in different yeah. companies. Around the world in different names and and spin-offs, but now we've we see the judgment day. Now we see the OC showing down. You got Mia Yim joining forces with you now to hopefully solve the Rhea problem. Uh looking across the landscape, I and mean, only because I'm running low on time. If it were up to me, I'd do this like Rogan style where we just sit with beers <laughs> for three hours. You know, we
1: do that with you, good brother.
2: <laughs> Y'all wanna do it. Yeah. Y'all wanna do a one-off a talking <laughs> shop. Maybe I'll uh I'll crack a few Let's open and, and we'll catch up. We proper. can do the
1: whole history of Bullet Club, all that into WWE. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: It'll be a whole series yeah, unto yeah. itself.
0: I got long winded with that one, but the thing is to be to be in the WWE to stand stand side by side with you know with AJ Styles, our best friend, and and now we have Mia Yim there. I've been working with guys like Dominic Mysterio and. And Damian Priest, and we're in the Barclays Center. I mean, to come back there in New York City and now be able to work with these guys, it's gonna—it's so much fun. It feels like a, a full blast. circle comeback. Yeah, it's badass. Beautiful. Awesome.
2: Hundred percent. Well, no doubt. We're we're having fun. We're glad that you're back. I gotta ask tonight as this drops, uh, Friday night SmackDown, Usos' new day undisputed tag team championships as uh, no strangers to holding championships of your own. I'm gonna need a pick from each of you. If Ooh. New Day win, they will stop Usos from breaking the streak that they currently held. New Day set the mark. Usos are closing on it. Titles on the line. Give me a pick, Gallows. I'm gonna start with you.
1: All right. Well, my pick's got some. It's got some stuff to it. I think if we get the surprise return of Big E tonight, the New Day will stop the Usos' oh, okay. reign of terror. If
0: we do not, I think the Usos are gonna take it, brother. They're on a roll. Hot, Carl. I think the Usos are 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 working on a different level right now. I don't see how you can go against the Usos.
2: It's true. I mean, how, how are you guys feeling about the potential matchup down the road? I mean, we got to we got to at least be thinking man. OC Bloodline. God, there's a lot of money on the table there, fellas. I, I want it now. I want it now. We did it years ago the opposite way, and I
1: think everybody's better and more mature now. And man, we want it badly. Bad, bad, bad. Give it to us,
0: baby. When the time is right. Yep.
2: I love it, man. Well, Gallows, Anderson, good brothers. Thank you so much. You are always welcome here on ATB. We still got a lot of catching up to do. Absolutely. So, and, and Kevin Patrick, you know the new the new voice of Monday Night Raw. He's uh, he's no stranger to a few after school soda pops. Uh, we've been we're doing a, <laughs> giving him the, the the proper Rhodes scholarship of this business. Where do you do the most of your learning? If you're not in the car, oh, you're in the bar. Yeah, Thank you I, go. <laughs> I, I
1: read I read your interview and I liked Kevin even more before I really knew him because I was I read about how you guys you do your studying after RAW and I, I appreciate that. It's a great way to learn, Kevin.
3: <laughs> Beautiful. Cheers,
2: guys. Appreciate you. Cheers, That's guys. Training him up right, <laughs> guys. Good luck. I will see you on Monday, uh, and we got we'll catch up proper. Let's do it.
0: Thanks, guys. Thanks,
2: baby. Appreciate it, guys. K.P., I don't know about you, but I had a good time. I'm sorry I just kept rolling there, but it's hard not to when you got those
3: guys. Man, I want to have some beers with those two. I want to sit at a bar stool with the Gallows and Anderson and Corey Graves and just shoot it. Have fun. Listen, listen. If you play your cards right, we can make
2: that happen. And trust me, as much as you've learned sitting beside me on the stool, wait till you get those guys in the room. You're going to catch a whole different aspect of this mad, mad world we know as WWE and the wrestling business, K.P., you will have a bona fide Rhodes scholarship after a few nights with the Good Brothers. Can't promise you're going to remember much of it, but you'll learn (laughs) at the time. Two top men, though. What a pleasure chatting about their wild careers. I can't wait to to sit down and catch up properly over a few uh, adult beverages, and we'll see Hey, if you have a good show Monday, KP... I'll make sure it happens. All right. So. <laughs> it's a little reward. You get a little yeah, juice no box pressure. after no after lunch. <laughs> we we unfortunately got to get out of here. Uh, make sure you're following us at After the Bell, WWE on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find me at WWE Graves. KP, what's your social handle? At Kev underscore
3: Egan, E-G-A-N.
2: Listen for free on Spotify. Just search After the Bell. Hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. We'll be back next week with more wisdom or vitriol. More WWE after the bell.